Welcome, everybody, to the Friday Night Flight. I'm your host, Anthony, from the Every Morning Quarterback, part, part of the Every Morning Quarterback locker room. You can visit emqpodcast.com for more, and you can follow us on Twitter at FNF underscore Jets. The end of the preseason is upon us. We have a big clash that we're going to break down tonight between the Jets and the Giants, the annual Meadowlands Mall, I guess. But we don't have a name for this game yet. Although we're going to get into some of our top moments from the Jets-Giants preseason history, uh, which are some fun ones. A lot of them involve some injuries, and uh, it's hard to imagine with two snake-bitten franchises that we have here. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Robert Sala and the defense, and whether we're being a little bit too stubborn to his scheme, and whether we have the personnel to really match what he's trying to do. And we're going to give our final thoughts on the 53-man roster, plus the annual classic spotlight and the New York Minute, all coming up on Friday Night Flight. So on Friday night flight tonight, as I promised, we're going to get into the Jets and the Giants in the preseason. But before we get to that, I've been doing a lot of thinking, doing a lot of reading about some of the stuff that kind of has been going along with the Robert Sala scheme. I've been very hard on Twitter um, to one Jeff Albrecht, who's our defensive coordinator. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, I, I know he's got fire, he's got energy, and he comes in, he's going to run that cover three bail system that Robert Sala likes to do. But, man, we just haven't seen the results. Last year, they get sort of a reprieve. I mean, us Jets fans have been suffering long enough that, you know, we want to see some results. Uh, But Jeff and Robert, they get a reprieve for last year. We just didn't have the talent. They upgraded that talent department quite a bit this offseason. We're going to get into some of those upgrades. And so far, it's just the preseason. But we haven't seen the return on the investment quite yet. A lot of the mistakes that we're seeing in this preseason seem to be the same mistakes that we saw last year. And when you think about the Robert Sala system, he comes to us from stops in San Francisco, Seattle, Jacksonville. He runs that cover three press bail system, right? He he made famous by Pete Carroll in Seattle. You know, uh, we also know Salah's connection before he became defensive coordinator for the Niners. He worked as a quality control coach for Pete Carroll back in Seattle from 11 to 2013. Height of the Legion of Boom. That defense that Salah's trying to employ in this team is very role-based. And there's specific things that each player on the team has to do. And it's an aggressive defense. At least it can be. In uh, this cover three, so what you were looking for and You got the outside corners. You got them playing deep. You got a single high safety. Um, You got that second safety who's helping out with the run game. He's playing closer to the box. It's also very susceptible to some linebackers that are forced uh, to play up into the run game because of the wide nine tech that Salah's got both of his defensive ends playing. Really opens up some gaps in the run game, forcing linebackers to come up quick and cover making it susceptible to play action. 
which we've seen. The Jets get treaded a lot on play action, especially over the top of the linebackers' heads. The other problem with that defense or another spot that you can attack it is the way that the linebackers are forced to drop, uh, meaning that those zone guys, they're keeping an eye on what the quarterback's doing. And if they're looking for it, they're not really reading the pass before it happens. They're letting the pass happen, and then they're attacking the ball. So they're allowing a gain, and then they're rallying to the ball, basically. Where this gets susceptible is a guy runs deep third, all of a sudden you're throwing it over the top of the linebacker's head, um, which we've seen quite a bit. So this has been a, a, an issue for the Jets the last two years. A lot of people can say we just didn't have the talent to run this defense properly. I mean, this thing worked. We saw it work. Seattle Seattle had the, the top defense, not top 10, not top five, the top defense in the league three years in a row employing the same thing that we're seeing the Jets struggle with. But a big difference in Seattle, as opposed to what we're seeing here in New York, is the star power. I mean, I already mentioned the Legion of Boom. They had a nickname, crying out loud. They had they they literally had a nickname. The Jets don't have any guys on the nickname besides Sauce that have something yet. You got you had the corners, you had the linebackers. Bobby Wagner coming in in, in 2012 was big. Bobby Wagner comes in and all of a sudden it transforms the defense. And Earl Thomas is all-time great. Solid then moves to San Francisco, employs the same thing. And he struggled. I love I love Robert Sala. This is not an attack on Robert Sala. I'm just I'm pointing out that he struggled early in San Francisco, similar to what we're seeing right now on the New York Jets. They were near the bottom of, of the league in almost every defensive category in 2018 2019 was a different story but what changed the star power nick bosa coming into that defense and jimmy ward emerging as that safety changed everything for the san francisco 49ers and they were able to form a really formidable defense that gave patrick mahomes fits in the super bowl the super bowl you don't hear those words mentioned around here much, and we hope that that's going to change. So when you start to wonder, why is this thing not taking off the New York Jets? We don't have the players maybe yet. So this was a big offseason, right? NFL coaches don't get six years to turn things around. It's a three-year window, if even. So in this offseason, Joe, Joe Douglas did his job, and he went and got players to fit this system. We got our two outside corners. You got Sauce. You got DJ. You got your two corners. You got your edge rushers. Carl Lawson's back. That was a move last year to fill that. Okay. You got your Michael Clemens. You got your Jermaine Johnsons. You got your Quinn and Williams. You've got pass rush. You got your box safety. You got Jordan Whitehead. So they got pieces. But the two glaring holes that remain are linebacker and free safety. We're going to talk about the free safety battle that's going on in camp right now and who's going to emerge from that. And I like the guys that I think could be on this team as a starter, but they're not Earl Thomas. They're not Jimmy Ward yet. And then we didn't address linebacker the maybe the way we could have in the NFL draft or in free agency. Quan Alexander is a nice pickup. But the only above average linebacker in that linebacking core, according to Pro Football Focus, is C.J. Mosley – 
whose contract is something that needs to probably be taken care of next year. So the Jets lack the two positions that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we see some somebody emerge from that crew to take over those spots. And you start to wonder if this is going to be another down year for this solid defense and how many more years Jeff Ulbricht's going to get, how many more weeks Jeff Ulbricht's going to get, how many more years Sal is going to get to try to transform this thing. And then you start to wonder too, right? Do you match your players to your scheme or your scheme to your players? That's the crossroads that Sal is at right now. Do we have the players to properly run the cover three? Or do we need to adjust that scheme to fit what we have, which is dynamite pass rush in two great outside corners? Soon we're going to find out whether Sala can adjust this season to do a little bit of both, because that's when San Francisco in 2019 was at their best. And in 2020, people forget they had a lot of injuries. They still finished top 10, and it was because Robert Sala abandoned some of the stuff that he was doing, like like the wide nine, to fit the players that he currently had on the team because Bosa went down with an injury. Some key guys went down, Fred Werner. Some key guys went down with injuries, so he adjusted his scheme. So we'll see what happens this year. I still think that this Jets defense can survive by turning people over, by getting to the quarterback and trying to get off the field quick. They're going to get gashed in some sp- in some spots, but if they can get off the field quick, turn the ball over, give a short field, uh, we'll see if that's a good enough to to win games this year, experience the winning, and then get the guys to complete that cover three system. Moving on to the Jets and the Giants here, who doesn't love the Meadowlands rivalry, right? Who doesn't love the Meadowlands rivalry? We got a we got a great game coming up here to talk about. Uh, but the Jets and the Giants have had a preseason matchup for as long as I can remember, and there's some great moments that have happened in this preseason matchup. Uh, most of them involve catastrophic injuries that change the course of the season for that team, for what it's worth. I can think of, in the preseason, I can think of the – we got Chad Pennington. Who can forget 2003 Chad Pennington just became the starter in 2002 had an amazing year broke the Jets record for quarterback rating comes back the next year in the preseason Brandon Short hits him fractures his hand in the preseason why is he even not whatever we saw that happen with Zach Wilson um and Chad Pennington was out for the first five games Jets go one and four and the season's derailed they never were able to get back from that finish six and ten Happened to the Giants, too. Against the Jets, they lost OCU Manora. They lost Jason Seahorn in almost back-to-back years. Changed the course of their season. So we've seen some injuries. Uh, who can forget Fireman Ed fought somebody? Fireman Ed fought a fan. Who can forget? Um, boy, there was some Fireman Ed fights going on on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Um, but then one of my all-time favorite preseason moments for the Jets and the Giants, and I don't need to gloat over this but just watch the footage who can forget the eli manning double pop in a preseason game the dude got absolutely mauled just calvin pace just indicted street justice and eli manning if that wasn't bad enough 
he went right into Jim Jim Leonard and another offense. He got popped by his own guy before any of that even happened. People forget. I think it was Brandon Jacobs hit him when he was coming through for the handoff. Uh, Eli's a bloody mess. Um, preseason football, just a Giants. It gets real. It gets real. This team has also played in the regular season. Not as many times as in the preseason, but they've played in the regular season. There's some great moments there, too. Who can forget? I mentioned Brandon Jacobs. Who can forget Brandon Jacobs? Uh, I forget what, what Rex Ryan did. It was something like he covered up logos or something, something that only like certain types of people would get aggravated by. I mean, it's Rex Ryan. Um, but Brandon Jacobs, like, after the game, taunted him and went up to him. And he, and he, according to the report, said, it's time to shut up, fat boy. Like He literally said that to Rex Ryan, and Rex Ryan got heated. And they almost got into it. We had, God, we had the uh, Collins-Pennington duel. Who can remember that? Pennington had like four touchdowns. Collins had about 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, There was the Victor Cruz game. This was Christmas Eve. Victor Cruz catches just a routine ball, pretty poor safe, pretty poor angle by Eric Smith, takes it 99 yards. And one of the first times that I saw the Victor Cruz salsa dance, um, and it was right in our right in our face. Uh, and of course, my favorite moment of the Jets Giants regular season duel is the Ryan Fitzpatrick comeback in 2015. Just a magical year for Ryan Fitz. Wish it ended in the playoffs, but it's a great story, and uh, it was a great game. Great comeback, 10 point fourth quarter comeback, leads them to overtime. Jets end up winning it in overtime. So, some great moments in this Jets and Giants history. And let's make some more history Sunday, Jets fans. We got a great matchup here. Getting into the game preview, the spread for this game is three points. So the Giants are three-point underdogs. The Jets are three-point favorites. Now, moving back to last week, I told y'all, I said the Jets were going to win the game 24-17. to Pretty close, 24-16. to Pretty close. I told you to hammer that over. Game went over. I told you to hammer the Jets' money line. Jets won that game. The Jets' depth was better than the Falcons' depth. So down 16 nothing didn't really phase me to think that that game was out of reach. The depth. And once you get into the fourth quarter, it's the American Strevolution. And all of a sudden, you got it's Strevler time, baby. Uh, and things are happening quick. It's just an avalanche. And you can't stop it. That's what it is. So the money line for this game is plus 130 Giants, minus 160 Jets. Total over-under is 38. Last week it was 38.5. This week it's 38. Um, Some interesting facts before you think about, um, you know, being that person who gambles on preseason football. The Giants are 8-4 and against the spread in their last 12 preseason games. Over in the Giants games is 7-2. Over is 7-2 in the last nine preseason Giants games. And they're six and one against the spread. Their last seven preseason games is dogs. So the Giants, those three factors maybe make you lean Giants. But if we look at the Jets, five and one against the spread in their last six preseason games. The over for the Jets is four and oh in their last four preseason games. And they're three and one against the spread in their last four preseason games as favorites. So what does all that mean? One, 
the Jets and the Giants are way too good in the preseason. <laughs> That's uh, I'd like to see some of those stats come true in the regular season. We're way too good in the preseason, apparently. Um, and two, something's got to give. Both of those sets of stats favor the other team. How I'm looking at this game right now is I do think the Jets' depth is better than the Giants' depth. I think you might see a slow start again by the New York Jets just because what they're doing right now is they after that Zach Wilson thing, they, we can't risk injury. So what we're doing right now is we're playing backups as starters, third string as backups, and so on. So things don't click until we get to the Strevolution, and then he starts to get things moving. But I think the Jets' position battles are way more competitive than some of the stuff maybe in the, on the Giants team. I think a lot of the Giants' positions of need seem to be pretty locked. Set in stone, maybe a couple guys fighting for some pretty key skill position spots. But the, the, the Jets have a lot of question marks about who's making this 53-man roster because for once in a while, we have depth. So I do like the Jets to be more competitive towards the end of this game which in the preseason typically means a win. So how I'm looking at this is uh, I like the New York Jets to win this, hammer the over, because both both pairs of teams, their stats favor the over, hammer the over. This game is going over 38. Uh, and give me the New York Jets to win this game and close out the, the preseason 3-0. Um, and I'll take the Jets in this game. Give me the Jets 27-20, 27-20. Preseason games typically get out of hand late and people are scoring a bunch. So give me that for the, for the game. Uh, if, if I got to pick something for bold predictions, um, I think Strebler is going to have a big game, as always. Uh, but I think Calvin Jackson is going to show out. Boy, he's been looking good in training camp. Uh, and I think Calvin Jackson is going to have a big game here. My all-gas gamer to watch this week, folks, is Jonathan Marshall. Jonathan Marshall, baby. If anybody watched the game last week, there was a huge turnaround play where Jonathan Marshall caused that pressure that allowed Bradley and I to strip sack and get things rolling, and he ended up scoring the game-winning touchdown. Jonathan Marshall's measurables are off the chart. He's a guy that you really should keep an eye on in these position battles. The other reason I think he's going to have a big game is because he's in one of those battles I talked about that are highly competitive. He had a big presence against the Falcons, and his hit was the big hit of the game, and his pressure was the big pressure, and he's fighting for a roster spot. So this six-round pick with all the measurables, he essentially redshirted last year. He needs this game. So the Jets made minimal moves to try to replace Foley. And now Marshall has a chance to grab that spot. And uh, he could have a tough time um, with some guys that we know have also been playing well, like Tanzel Smart, but also some free agent visits the Jets have done recently with a guy like Sheldon Day. But look for Jonathan Marshall. I got faith in Jonathan Marshall. I think Jonathan Marshall is going to have a big game. All right. So let's get into watching position battles in this game. And my final thoughts on the 53-man roster. So, for watching position battles in this game, there's a couple things that you want to be looking at. Tight end is one spot. Boy, I told you all about Lawrence Cager last week. I said Lawrence Cager is a guy to watch to maybe be the fourth tight end on this team, and all he did was show up and show out. He had a big game. Wide receiver convert to a tight end. He's got all the tools, all the skills, 
and it seems to be that he's his his route running is a problem for a linebacker or a free safety matchup. So he's fighting at tight end with Kenny Aboa and Trayvon Wesco. Keep an eye on those three guys in this final game and which guy is going to emerge from that from that pile. Okay. Interior D-line. I just mentioned Donovan Marshall. Donovan Marshall, Hanzel Smart, and Nathan, and Nathan Shepard. Keep an eye on those three guys. They're going to be battling too. I think right now it's between Marshall and Smart with a wild card being a free agent signing that we don't know is even on the roster yet. Another position to be watching right now is wide receiver number six. I think the first five are booked. Jeff Smith is too good, too valuable on special teams. So who's the wide receiver number six? Do we keep six? Denzel Mims is gone. He asked for a trade. He's either going to get cut or he's going to get traded. Interesting. I heard the Carolina Panthers are a possibility today. Um, and a possible swap for Brady Christensen, former BYU teammate of Zach Wilson. Nice offensive tackle. I'd be all right with that. I'd be down for that. Um, Panthers have a fetish for former Jets that really underachieved. <laughs> the Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, and Denzel Mims combo was, uh, I'm not sure if that's putting people in the seats. So watch for that matchup too. Calvin Jackson, Tariq Black, Irv Charles. I think obviously Calvin Jackson is the front runner there. So if we keep wide receiver six, I think it's Calvin. But boy, Tariq Black looked good last last week until he got hurt. Cornerback number five. Bryce Hall, Javelin Guidry, Isaiah Dunn, all kind of battling for maybe a, a cornerback five spot. Do we keep five? So keep an eye on that. Um, boy, Bryce Hall was horrific. I think the only one who had a worse week than Bryce Hall was the punt god. Other than that, I don't know who had a worse week than Bryce Hall. He was terrible, ripped to shreds on Twitter, and his job just went from maybe a lock, although I told you last week on my predictions he wasn't he was gonna get traded, to now he might get cut. So we gotta keep that in mind. Safety, you got Philly Will, Parks, Ashton Davis, and Jason Pinnock battling for Probably two spots, probably two spots out of there. I can't live in a world where we only keep three safeties, so we've probably got two out of those three guys. Boy, Will Parks has been great. Um, and Jason Pennock, I just think that they like the fact that he's got the corner background and he can maybe morph into that free safety that Jimmy Ward was. And the last but not least, I think we got a, a running back 3-4. If we're keeping four running backs, LaMichael Pirine's been good. Bam Knight's been good. Ty Johnson's been good. Tevin Coleman needs to start to get more reps because we don't know what he is right now. And I would hate to keep a guy that we haven't really seen yet if Tevin Coleman is back or Tevin Coleman is faded. Um, so I want to see more from Tevin Coleman in this game before we even give, we give him a roster spot. Because I think the other three guys I mentioned are good and they can definitely help this team win. And last but not least, I think you got to keep an eye on the quarterback three battle between Chris Strebler and Mike White. Mike White's a folk hero. Mike White's a legend. And he'll always have a special place in New York for that game against the Bengals. And that was going to be that way no matter how his career turned out. He's going to be that guy now that's a legend. He's Mike effing White. But there's a new sheriff in that quarterback three spot, and it's Chris effing Strebler. The Strevolution, as, I'm, as I've been coining here. Um, he's a guy to keep on 
watching for these pre for this preseason game because boy, I'd be very comfortable with him as my quarterback three. He's mobile. Well, I never realized how mobile he was. He's led the team in rushing, I think, two weeks in a row. I mean, you got to give him his prop for that. Um, so keep an eye on Strebler for that. Before we get into our spotlight classic, uh, my sauce, bold predictions. We're staying away from the game for this Sunday, and I'm giving you my bold predictions for the 53-man roster. Uh, we're starting off with a little bit of a – a little bit of a saucy take here, but I think Philly will is the fourth safety. I think Pinnock makes the team and I think Philly will makes the team. And I think Ashton Davis gets, gets cut. I think it's safe to say now you can put it to rest. The 2020 draft class is not one of Joe Douglas's finer moments. I think there's a lot of things to like about Joe Douglas. And, uh, I think right up there with his quarter zips, I think the, uh, 2020 draft class, not one of his finer moments. I think Tevin Coleman's the odd man out. I, I touched upon it, but boy, it's hard to tell me you're keeping four running backs and the way that P Ryan's running the potential of Bam Knight. Although I think Knight now might get practice squad in the way that Ty Johnson gives you that speed element. I, man, I don't know how you keep Tevin Coleman over P Ryan right now. And then my last one is Bryce Hall. I've been tough. I've been critical on Bryce, but it's because he has not been the player that we thought he was going to be this off season. He is definitely regressed. And it looks like the competition in that room now uh, is starting to get to him because the last two weeks have not been good. And I think I reason I said not cut, he's just not on the team is because I think they can probably get something for him. He's a quality corner. Uh, I just think there's too much depth at that position for this team. I think Eccles, I think Michael Carter, the second DJ Reed sauce, all above them. So I think Bryce Hall is not on this team. Let's have a little bit of fun now before we get to the New York Minute. We close things up, and I gave you a little bit of preview of what's going on next week. Let's talk about the spotlight for this week. Diehard Jets fans know who I'm talking about when I say all-time tackler, baby. We're talking about Kyle Clifton this week. Our stealth spotlight is Kyle Clifton. Uh, if you're not a diehard Jets fan, it's okay. All that means is you just you don't know what suffering is. <laughs> So congratulations. Uh, but for those of us that know, Kyle Clifton, third-round pick from TCU, uh, he eventually became the all-time leading tackler for a very historic franchise. Spent his entire career with the, with the New York Jets. He was a cornerstone of a Jets defense for more than a decade. His entire 13 career with gangrene. Dude racked up over 1,400 tackles. That's 480-something more than Mo Lewis, who is highly regarded as maybe the best linebacker uh, in New York Jets history. He had 15 fumble recoveries that ranked second all-time in Jets history, uh, trailing only James Hasty. Uh, and, boy, his 13 forced fumbles, too. Who can forget? That's only tied with Sean Ellis for fourth most. So he's ranked in the top five in pretty major categories for a defense for the New York Jets in their history. But what's wild is he led the NFL, not the Jets, the NFL in tackles, three separate seasons. And he never earned a Pro Bowl. Never earned a Pro Bowl. Or even a single All-Pro honor. So Clifton might never have gotten his due on the national level, but to Jets fans, we're always aware 
uh, of what he did for us. Played over 200 games for the New York Jets. So big props to Kyle Clifton this week's Stealth Spotlight. It's that time of the show. Uh, we got a fun one today for you. Let's get to the New York Minute. This week's New York Minute, the number that we're focusing on as I go through the minute. I'm going to get better at this, too. I'm going to be closer to the minute. I'm going to be closer to the minute tonight. The number today is the number nine. The number nine. Last week it was six. This week it is nine. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing what we can come up with for nine. Are we all ready? Let's get the minute going. The minute begins now. New York minute number nine. The New York Jets won their only Super Bowl in 1968 by what? Nine points. The Jets have had a 500 season record exactly nine times in their history. That's eight and eight or seven and seven in the early years. Did you know Jeff Blake and Jay Fiedler played for the New York Jets? And they also wore the number nine. Who knew, right? And who can't forget John John Hall of wearing number nine? Maybe the best ever wear nine for the Jets? Ew, that's not saying much. Uh, last 20 years, Jets have had nine different quarterbacks lead the team in passing. Who's that picture? Brooks Bollinger, folks. One of those quarterbacks in the last 20 years to lead the Jets in passing. Nine different, nine different guys. A Jets quarterback has only thrown over 3,400 yards in a season nine times. Ryan Fitzpatrick, last to do it. Number nine on the Jets single season INT throne list, guy named Dick Wood. Kid you not, Dick Wood. That's his uh, trading card. That is a name. Jets avoided a possible 0-16 season in 1996 with a famous win in, against Arizona in week nine. There it is again. The comeback at Shea. Jets scored nine unanswered points to win the game against the Packers. And in a shortened season, Freeman McNeil led the league in rushing with 768 yards and how many games? You got it. Nine. Not bad. Not bad. New York Minute, number nine. Next week, we're focusing on the number 10. So number 10 is next week's New York Minute. It's been fun tonight. Doing a quick, doing a quick Jersey 30 with everybody here, talking New York Jets. Final preseason game. We're rolling in Sunday against the New York Giants. I gave you the things to watch for those position battles, final 53. It'll be interesting to see who's who just rises up and snatches those spots. It'll be interesting to see. And then, folks, our final Jets roster, the Jets 2022 version, is coming together next week. Next Friday night, we're back. Same time, same place, same channels. We're going to be talking about the New York Jets season preview um, and taking a look ahead uh, at the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and we're going to be talking about the guys that made the final 53 and how this team is going to shake out. And we're going to go through the schedule and predict game by game how things are going to go. So it's that time of the year. The preseason's almost over. And uh, it's a time every year that I get entirely too optimistic uh, about my about my team. But who cannot? Uh, so thank you for taking flight with us tonight. Next week, join us again Friday night, 8 p.m. Twitter and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at FNF underscore Jets and visit emqpodcast.com for more. Thank you, everybody, once again for taking flight.